We're going to take a few minutes this morning, and we're going to, uh, as I've been sharing uh, the series the last few weeks on um, finding your Jerusalem. Those of you who've been here know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been here, I'd encourage you to listen to the podcast. But at one point, I've been talking about uh, marriage, made reference to marriage, and I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us just to elaborate a little bit on, on that. So we're just going to share, take some time, take some, take turns sharing some nuggets of, uh, of encouragement um, to you guys concerning marriage. Because we're married. Well, because we're married. Yeah. Is that what we're sharing? Okay. Anyway, yeah, we're married. My, by the way, those of you, this is your first time here. My name is CJ Ellis. I'm the senior pastor here. I keep forgetting to introduce myself. And this is my wife, Lisa. And we've been married for Let's see, my oldest son is 23. We've been married for 22 years. No. 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 We've been married for over 25 years. And, um, and I have to admit, making a disclaimer, that our marriage is not perfect because I'm married to an imperfect woman. I'm just yeah, I'm going to let him just kind of. Sometimes <laughs> silence is powerful and deadly. <laughs> But anyway, obviously our marriage is not perfect by any means, but there's some things that the Lord has just really encouraged us with and blessed us with and that we just want to share with you. And my challenge to you is, is I'm going to share three points and she's going to share three points. I'm going to be challenging you men. She's going to be challenging you women. Obviously, ladies, you can learn from what I'm saying and men, you can learn from what she's saying. And if we don't, if we share something that you're not struggling with, Still be open to the Holy Spirit to speak to you what he wants to speak to you, to strengthen you in whatever way he wants to. And even if you're not married, that does not mean that the Holy Spirit cannot speak to you and teach you and encourage you this morning. Amen? So I want to encourage you not to check out if you're not married. If you desire to be married someday, you plan to be married someday, then I would definitely encourage you to to open your ears um, and listen. And so anyway, and I'm going to share out, start with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. This is going to be the main uh, foundation when we go into marriage and we start talking about marriage. If you are if you're walking in the futility of your mind in your marriage, then your marriage isn't going to be that good. Because That means it's going to be all about selfishness and about you instead of about what the Lord wants us to do. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness, uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and you being renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So as we walk together as husband and wife, we have to walk in the newness in our new man if we're going to be successful in our relationship. So I'm going to go ahead and let Lisa start with her first point. Okay. Um, I know CJ kind of started last week sharing a lot about um, husbands and wives relationships and what submission means and da 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 but there's this three particular areas that the Lord really put on my heart and so um, and I so I feel like the three things I have is for this body and it's for this season so I'm not saying these are the only points but these are the ones he's really highlighted to me um so the first one in Ephesians 5:33, it says Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. 
So respect your husband, it means um, to reverence, to regard with great respect, revere, admiration. Now, this is kind of hard for some of us ladies, this, this respect thing, because we're in such a love-dominant culture, and we know love because we love everything. And I love you, and I love my kids, and I love my house, and I love my animals. Like, everything is love, 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 love. That's, I believe that's, that's our heart right there is to love. We can give out love pretty good. We know, hey, I know how to love you. I might not like you, but I love you, okay? We know how to do that very well. But this respect thing is kind of like respect, but uh, does he deserve my respect? Like, why do I have to respect my husband? And I believe a lot of times we define respect according to what we think respect is. So we define it ourselves through love. It doesn't work. And I just want you to be open to know what respect is through your husband's eyes. And so this whole relationship about love and respect, it's all about relationship. And that's what we've been talking so much about. And even, especially in the marriage, like husband and wife, man, priority relationship, right? We know that, we know that, we know that. And sometimes even if you're married for a few years, you go, yeah, I know that. You know, but we still need to endeavor to keep peace and unity in the home. Do you know that? The enemy, I believe, so much more now times than ever is he coming to separate the sacred unit between a man and a wife, and he's trying to pervert it. You know that. So with this whole respect thing, um, there are so many things. I can list you like this is how you respect your husband, and I could, you know, throw out there five things. But you might think, ah, Lisa, that doesn't <laughs> – my husband really doesn't care about that. So I can give you some examples of, of just some things of respect. And I think it would speak like even to, to, to the men in this congregation, not particular things. First of all, I love this verse in Proverbs 14.1. It says, a wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And I know that's kind of, we've heard that a lot, but to me, we have got to be mindful of what, how we're building up our husband and how we're tearing him down. And our words are very powerful. How many of you guys know that life and death is in the power of the tongue? And that is even in our marriage. And sometimes we can be so flippant. Like we can think, most of us, I can think really fast, you know. Any ladies think really fast, you know? And sometimes before we know it, we just spew something out, and the husband's going, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> our words, we need to guard our words so carefully, so carefully in what we say how we, how we, and how we treat our husband. Um, one thing that, that um, I always, the Lord is just really mindful of me. He always... Uh, it just encourages me, you know, how do I love my, how do I respect my husband by, by telling him, um, like not cutting him down in front of others, you know, um, not, especially in front of children, in front of others, like, man, my husband is horrible at that. You know, we just, some of those little cuts that we do, you know, that, well, I wish you earned more money, then I could go buy myself another vehicle. You know, there's little things that, that we say that we, we dig at him according to his performance, according to his worth. 
And we're not the same. Like some things that he says to me doesn't affect me. Some things, but if I say them to him, they're going to affect him. So I need to be very sensitive. And when my husband says, honey, that was really, ouch, hon. And I could say, oh, you big baby. Come on. You know I was joking. But, you know, a wise husband (laughs) is going to say, oh, you know what? I value, I value your input. And um, I'm sorry for saying that. And I'm going to guard next time my mouth a little closer to what I say. (laughs) Um, It's all about communication. If you don't know how your husband, um, what, how he views respect, why don't you ask him? That's a great place to start. Instead of guessing, (laughs) just ask him, honey, what is respectful? How can I, I'm having this huge problem. I'm really upset at you right now and I want to be respectful to you. So I'm going to say, I'm going to, let's talk about this. And, you know, it's interesting when you start communicating and you start talking, it's uh, awesome just, just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how to communicate properly with your husband. To me, that's, it's all about communication, right? So, anyways, that's my first one. Respect your husband. Find out what is respectful to him. Don't define it in your own head. Um, I would even go to say that we've heard so much about unconditional love, and I just want to offer this unconditional respect. Respecting your husband, even if you don't think he deserves it. Because if we were to even look at our own selves and say, well, I deserve unconditional love, and therefore you better love me unconditionally. Well, he's like, you know, ladies, sometimes you don't deserve it. I am so glad that Jesus didn't die on the cross because we deserved it or not. I'm so glad. He said, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, you know, there, and we're going to go into more trust areas later, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Whether he deserves it or not, I'm still going to respect him, which means I'm not going to go share all of his, any dirty laundry within you all, not that he doesn't have it or not, but just because it's none of your business, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I want to respect and honor my husband. I want to build him up. I want him to be the man that God's called him to be. And whatever I need to do to see him successful, I'm going to be there for that. Amen? Amen. Tag, you're it. All right, brothers, my number one point is don't use your strengths to judge or beat your wife down. Don't use your strengths to judge or beat your wife down, but use your strengths to serve and cover their weaknesses. This is something I learned early on when I was sharing with you uh, a few weeks ago how when we were first married and Lisa would be doing things or not doing things and every, one, every two weeks we always had these talks, honey, we need to talk. And I was always trying to straighten her out and show her what she needed to be doing. And what I was doing, and I didn't realize it at the time, is I was seeing things from my grid, from my perspective, uh, my strengths, and I was judging her based on that. She wasn't doing the things that I would do. And so I was saying, you need to be doing these things. And, and, you know, for example, one of them, dishes, you know, I like the dishes to be clean and, you know, not messy. I'm, I'm a neat person and, and sometimes can be OCD about that. And so there were things she wasn't doing as far as the dishes and, and whatever. And I remember one time the Lord asked me this question, very profound. He said, what's wrong with your hands? <laughs> so what hands? But he's saying, you know, because I'm looking at her like, hey, why don't you get this done? And he's saying, why don't you get it done? And, you know, um, you know, 
for example, when she cooks, my wife is a very, very capital V-E-R-Y messy cooker. She, you know, just, I'm just like a tornado goes through the kitchen when she cooks. The best cooks are. But I tell you this, but I tell you this, she's my favorite cook. I mean, I love her. I mean, she is my favorite cook. So it's like, okay, I can either have a nice clean kitchen and eat ramen noodles or I can let her make her mess and that wonderful meal. And then I can say, okay, I'll be in charge of the kitchen. Hey, Grant, do the dishes. The master delegator, right? But I want to encourage and challenge you, men, because this is, I've learned this the hard way through my experience, is that the things that I'm strong in, the things that I'm good at, it's so easy to judge her and beat her down with those things. For example, I'm more better, or better, more better, at remembering dates, remembering things, or being mindful of dates and everything. That's not her strength at all. And I can say, you forgot so-and-so's, you forgot to do this, or you forgot their date again? Girl, what's wrong with you? I can either do, have that approach, which isn't too, that's not the approach I would encourage you with. I've been there, done that. Or it's like, I can make a point to remember these things. And then I can say, hey, by the way, Lisa, tomorrow is so-and-so's birthday. Or tomorrow, I can help her in her weakness with my strengths and vice versa. Amen? Does it make sense? All right. And I just want to piggyback off of just, you know, when you have those talks, beautiful, wonderful talks. Um, you know, one thing, too, the Lord really quickened me is don't go tell anyone else that. Like, I don't need to go to my friends at that time and say, you don't understand my husband. He's such a taskmaster, you know. Um, wind everybody else about it and then smile at my husband, you know. Really just guarding what I'm going to put. That's why it's one of the reasons, pray for your husband. Pray for him. You know, Lord, bless him. We're having some really serious time right now. I don't know what to do. And the Lord was like, don't say a bad thing about him. Pray for him. Continue just to respect him. Continue to uplift him. Um, and I'm not saying when you have really hard time. Like, there's times in your marriage. I remember especially one time in particular. And I'm going to share this. You see if you remember might want to have your microphone in case you need to say something. But remember, we were going through a financial um, time, and he gave me a slot of money every month to get groceries. And at the time, it was $30. It's 25 years ago. A week. That's right. A week. Okay. You're right. Not a month. Bad me. Okay. And I would go to the store, and, you know, being a new wife, not know, I mean, just everything's so new, you know, buying groceries, cooking food. It's like, oh, here's some hamburger meat. What do you do with it, you know? And I would go and buy stuff. And that was really tight budget back then, too. And I would come home, and I'd be like, $30.05, you know? And I'd be like, oh, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I went over. And he'd be like, man, what's wrong with you, woman? You know, I mean, not really that bad. But, you know, he was just, you could tell. You can tell your husband's disappointed in you, wives, right? I mean, you can just sense like, oh, rats, I messed up. And so that was a big contention because he felt like I was purposely doing it to disrespect him. And I'm just like, I'm just terrified to say, oh, no, we don't need bread this week. You know, I mean, it was such a tight budget. It was just really hard. So we did go to council with some, a godly couple who spoke wisdom to my husband. And, um, <laughs> and we share this. I mean, nothing that we share, understand, um, you know, together with each other, we have permission to, to talk. So just, just so you know, okay, I'm not going to say anything awful. Huh? Right? 
<laughs> and so, anyways, but so that was, you know, that was, so we did go get help. So if there's that area you're like, you're like just stuck in that you can't get out, it's okay to seek out an older, older, godly couple. Emphasis on older, emphasis on godly. Amen. Okay. So my second point is, wow. My second point is Proverbs 31:11 and 12. It says the heart of her husband trusts her and she and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And I guess my question that that really came up my spirit is, do you have the heart of your husband? Do you have his heart? And what does that look like, really? Do you know his likes, his dislikes? Do you know his desires? Do you know things that encourage him? Do you know things that strengthen him, that put wind in the, sa- in the sails? And it really has nothing to do with your interests or your likes. Sometimes we let ourselves get in like, I don't like football. Yes, I would rather do something else. But I would, you know... I don't like that. Well, sometimes, you know, and sometimes it's like, I know uh, a friend of ours is like, hey, I'm going to take the kids out of the house so you can watch football. That speaks respect to him. For me, sitting down on the couch next to him or just being with him, I'm there. Uh, that speaks respect to him. If I go in the bedroom, he's like, hey, where are you? And I'm thinking, oh, I'm coming. Okay. It's not my thing, but it's his thing. And just doing that shoulder-to-shoulder activity with him speaks to him. Is that okay that we do things? You know, there's certain things that men have inside of them, different drives and desires that we don't have. It's not on our forefront. And that's what I'm going to say about that. But I'm going to say, is that okay? And just to have your husband's heart, like even in in the the turmoil we're going through, some of those things, you know, I would say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what I can to serve my husband. It's not like I said, too bad, buddy. You have a problem with the dishes? Go figure it out. You know, it wasn't my attitude. It was like, okay, Lord, I'm really going to try. And he would tell me things like, if you could just get the bed made every day. Well, do you know what the hardest thing to do every day was? Make that dumb bed, you know? <laughs> but, you know, my heart was like, you know, Lord, I want to serve my How do, can I serve my husband? I'm going to do this. Um, and... And that spoke to him. And out of that, speaking, out of that, God spoke to him. It wasn't because I ranted and raved and threw a huge fit and said, buddy, go back to mama and let her make your bed, you know. It was like, Lord, my heart is to serve my husband. And which is what we're called to do to one another is to be a servant to one another. Lord, how can I, how can I serve my husband? What are your, what are your needs, you know? You like meatloaf? He'll, he'll be in the front and say, oh, I love my wife's meatloaf. And then I know what that means. Lisa, you better put on the, the, the menu, make some meatloaf, you know. Special things, you know. If you don't know, you probably because you're newly married, which is fine, or you just don't talk about it. But I want to encourage you to talk about it. Well, what would you like to do? What's on your heart? Don't answer that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, one thing that uh, she's talking about, do you have the heart of your husband? And one thing I appreciate about her last, last week, I think it was, I was just feeling because of busyness, we get busy sometimes. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, we have just in the middle of a busy season. And, and yet last week I, I felt kind of disconnected because we just hadn't had that time together as far as just hanging out together. Um, and I sent her a text and I said, I can't remember what I said, something to that effect. And she had a busy day lined up that day, but she cleared her schedule and said, and she said, hey, I'm taking you out. And I said, yes. And so in the middle of the afternoon, we went out to a restaurant and, and just had a, had a wonderful time together uh, and just connected and, and that kind of thing. So I can say that she definitely has my heart because I'm a priority, a priority to her. Okay, number two for me, guys, uh, I want to challenge you. The best thing you can do for your kids is to pursue your wife. Number one thing you can do for your kids is to pursue your wife. Make her your number one priority outside of Jesus. And what that means is spend time with her, date her. Like, wait a minute, we dated before we were married. I already got the girl, so I don't need to date anymore. I know that's some, maybe some of you young guys, uh, your attitude. But you should be dating your wife now more than you did before you guys were married. And it's so important to date. And, and, and I know it's easy because in America we're so busy you know, that busy culture, we're, we're always busy. And then if we have kids thrown into the mix, we can make having our children an excuse. And we can come up with all these excuses, not, well, we don't have time right now to spend time together. And that, if, if you want a subpar marriage, then continue to do what you're doing. But if you want a, a strong marriage, a strong bond between uh, you and your, your, your spouse, I believe that we as Christians can have the best marriages on the planet. I believe that's available to us because of who's inside of us and the grace that is made available to us. Now, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're going to have the best marriages because we can still be two selfish individuals. But if we take and make it, take advantage of the grace that God has made available and run in that grace, then we can have an awesome time. And so, men, I would encourage you to make your spouse pursue her. I mean, pursue her. Let her know how much you love and cherish and nourish and, and how she's your number one. And men, especially as we get older, it, you know, we get older, our wives get older, we've, she's had a number of children, and she necessarily didn't have the same figure that she had 30 years ago or whatever. And all of a sudden, you start seeing, especially in this college town, you start noticing all these younger figures around here. You know what I'm talking about? And it's so easy to get our eyes, our eyes on the wrong figure. And then what happens is you begin to meditate and dwell on other stuff, and then your, life become, your wife becomes more and more, or excuse me, less and less desirable. Become discontent. And just like you guys, we, you know, we're designed a certain way for our eyes, can either get us in trouble or they can be a powerful strength. The Bible says to fix your gaze on Jesus Christ. And, and so our gaze, and I think as men, our gaze needs to be on him. And the same way, our gaze needs to be on our wives. And sometimes I look at her, and I look at her, and I look at her, and I start smiling at her. She looks at me and says, mm, don't be looking at me like Well, actually, she didn't tell me not to look at her like that. She just kind of smiles and giggles and everything. But I'm filling my mind with her. I'm filling my brain with her and how wonderful she is. And I can see it also, it's so easy to meditate on their shortcomings. I think of the last time she didn't do this or didn't do that or, or how she doesn't measure up and all these things. And if I meditate on these things, those things, guess what? That's how I'm going to begin to see her. 
But if I meditate on her strengths, if I meditate on the things she does, how she respects me, this woman respects me so much, and I focus and gaze on those things, then that's going to cause me to want to continue to pursue her. And brothers, I want to encourage you to pursue your wife. See, we are about the pursuit as men. We are about pursue and conquer. I want to encourage that to be your daily activity with your wife, pursue and conquer. And I'm not talking about just the physical realm, brothers, although I am talking about that too. But I'm just talking about just loving and going after her and just cherishing her and letting her know that she is your number one. And big caution, major caution, especially with today's technology. Sometimes you have kids around and, and all that kind of thing, and, and so you send texts to your wife, and you're kind of, kind of texting in a way that only she needs to know what you're saying, right? And it's all good and everything. Just make sure that your oldest son doesn't have the iPad that's connected to her cell phone. My son's sitting over here on the couch. We're watching a movie. My wife's sitting over here, and I'm texting stuff. Hey, baby. And my son goes, Dad! I cannot believe you just put this on there. But he's okay. We have him in counseling right now, so he's, he's doing good. So, brothers, pursue, pursue your spouses. Yeah, that was funny. I'm like, well, Trey, you're 23. If you're not old enough to know about these things yet, well, your dad needs to have another talk with you, I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, CJ... Uh, pointed on something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that written down. I need to elaborate on that. Um, making your husband a priority. You know, and he was, you know, encouraging the men this way, too. But, you know, with women, we have, we're sometimes repulled so many ways. You know, especially those of us who have children. Not even especially. Because when you don't have children, your life still gets busy. I'm finding that out with three gone and my youngest two in school, and I'm still busy. <laughs> like, yikes. And someone said, are you, are you um, enjoying your free time at home? And I just want to roll on the floor and laugh because it's really funny. It's like free time at home. Ha! Huh? Okay. Sorry. But, the, um, you know, making your husband a priority. Thinking, what have I, how can I make him a priority? Like, Craziness, busyness, kids, house, job. I don't feel like it. We're so into our feelings. We just don't feel like it. Well, go take a warm bath, pray in the Holy Spirit, and ask him so you can feel like it. That's what I have to say about that, okay? You know, and you think, oh, Lisa, I'm, I just have to be serious. There's certain things we cannot hold over our husband to punish him. And I'm kind of speaking in code, so kind of read between the lines. And I hope you ladies know what I'm talking about. There are certain things we cannot hold away from our husbands because he didn't deserve it. And I really don't believe that is pleasing at all to the Lord. And sometimes it's not about feeling like it. It's about serving our husbands and laying down and saying, Husband, what are your needs? What are your needs today? What are your needs this week? And you're my priority. Like, I care about you more than everything else. And so I just really want to encourage you with that. Okay, thank you. All right, um, in Ephesians, I'm going to go back to Ephesians 5, starting with 22. 
Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. I didn't put this scripture in here. Okay? That was the Lord. But there's a comparison. Did you catch it? Be subjective to your husbands as as to as you as to the Lord, as you would to the Lord. Okay? As the church is subject to Christ, so would the wives ought to be ought to be to their husbands and everything. <clears throat> you know, when I make decisions at home, we're not with each other 24 hours a day. And there's a lot of decisions I have to make. And I, at all times, will put that before my husband. We will always be in agreement about something, no matter what the cost. Just like if we were doing something in here as a body, we're making a decision. And if we didn't think like the Lord was for it, out it goes. You would say we'd be foolish not to follow the Lord in doing the church, right? Just so I'd say, why is you be foolish not to be subject to your husbands and everything? And we had this huge thing. And I know there's huge trust issues out there. I get that. A lot of women have been hurt. But you know what is more powerful? Is the cross. It's the cross of forgiveness. It's the cross of trust. It's the cross of laying that down. It's letting your husband make, be able to have the freedom to make mistakes that hurt you. And it's the freedom to trust again. That is such a huge freedom. So my, my point is letting your husband be the head. Of the, uh, letting, letting him be the head. Letting him be the head. That doesn't mean you have a vo- don't have a voice, you know, man. Understand, I'm not saying that. Please value her input and take her seriously. Don't poo-poo her because she has a feeling. You know, God gave us these feelings and he gave us these emotions. And so don't put her under for that. But also, women, I know my feelings can get out of order. And I will submit him to my husband. And sometimes he goes, and I say, Lord, okay, that's you, God. I I submitted it to him, so you get to take care of the man. Woo, I'm free. (laughs) Like we went to lunch the other day. This is funny. I'm going to tell. Went to lunch the other day, and we were going to be going our separate ways. I potentially was going to be going to the hospital to visit a friend, and CJ had uh, had to come back to the office. And it was just one of those days, it's, you know, just kind of a lot to do. And we went to leave the office. And I just, I hate driving se- separate vehicles. I love him being my chauffeur and taking me around. Because so I, I like to look out the window, and I, I just like to do all that. And, and so I just like being with him in the car. I know, I'd rather look at the cows and horses and look at the road. Okay, it's bad. And so I'm just, and so we're getting out of the office and I was grabbing my stuff and I said, 
I said, let's just go together. He said, no, no, no. We got to take two vehicles because you have such and such and this and this and this. And so you do, you know, and I'm like, let's just forget it. Like, I'll come back to the church if I need to. Like, Lisa, that's way out of the way. Like, his reasoning kicked in. That's way out of the way, Lisa. You can't, you know. And um, I'm like, oh, fine, okay. So we get to the restaurant. We sit down. We weren't sitting for, like, two minutes. And I get a text. And basically, the, the uh, person I was going to see wasn't able to take visitors. And I'm like, oh, so now we get to drive home. And he's like, why didn't you tell me you were being prophetic? <laughs> You should have worded it differently. And I'm like, hon, you just got to take me as I am. It's just, I mean, I just, I just had this thing like, we don't need to take it. We don't need to take it. He's like, yes, we're going to. So it's kind of funny. But at the same time, don't, you know, I mean, and that happens. You know, I'm not criticizing him for not listening to me. Like, see, you should have listened to me, husband, you know. <laughs> That'd be silly because I would never want him to say that back to me. Ouch. You know, sometimes we can, sometimes we can say things to our husbands, but if they turn around and they say it the same way to us, we're like, ah! we get all offended and bent out of shape and cry. Ah! You know, it's like, well, you know, you kind of said this, which opened up that big door. <laughs> and okay. So it's kind of like, you know, when you, we act disrespectfully and we kick out at our husband and our words, and then he comes back and lashes out and we wonder, why would you treat me that way? <laughs> well, you kicked him. Good grief. You just bit him. I mean, not that it's right. I'm just saying. Let's guard ourselves, right? Let's guard ourselves. Can he make some decisions? Can he make some? <laughs> you know, I, women are powerful. I believe that. We have got, I, I know it's been kind of a underlined thing that women are just kind of the subordinate, kind of like a female Eeyore, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to submit. I'm only here for the kids and the, and the washing your undies, you know. I mean, we just have this weird, this weird thing that's been put on us, right? That that's, that's all we're good for is to keep up with the house, you know. And, oh, you take the children, wife, because that's your job, you know. And so, but, but actually, the truth of it, that's where the enemy wants us. But the truth of us is, is women, you are powerful. You are powerful. But I'm going to tell you, a powerful woman isn't necessarily the one who takes the lead, but knows when not to. Knows when to be silent. There is more power in stepping back and letting him take mista- taking the lead and making mistakes. And I want to speak out, um, just kind of share a little part of my story. CJ, last week, was it, when you told the story about the vehicle? A couple weeks ago, you have to listen to it online because I'm not going to say it. But basically, CJ, um, we had a chunk of money. We had part of it, and we borrowed, he borrowed the rest and found a great deal on this car <clears throat> and um, spent that money. And, um, and he, he told a great story. I mean, he did a really good job. But excuse me, my goodness, this isn't soda, is it? <laughs> okay. And... Um, I thought, you know, I just really want to share my heart with that because that was a real thing. I mean, I asked him, "Hun, are you sure about this? Have you checked into it? I just wasn't quite like, didn't quite know, you know. Well, well basically what happened was is okay. I found an excellent deal online to get a car that we needed, and it was a scam. So I gave $3,700 to a guy and got ripped off $3,700. That's what she's referring to. Okay, so yeah, yeah sorry. And... um 
when he came and told me that it was a scam, it was hurtful. I mean, it was like, I felt like he didn't value my input. I feel like he didn't value what I said. I felt embarrassed. Not like ashamed, but like, oh my goodness, like, like, we don't, we don't have that. Like, not even close to that. And it was really hard. It was a struggle that I had to go, I forgive my husband for making that mistake. And I had to release that to the Lord and really take it to the cross. And, um, and not only that, I had to go and trust him again. And I willingly trusted him again. But it was a work of the heart. So I want to let you know that it wasn't like he paints this beautiful picture of like, yes, my wife never said a thing. She was glorious. And everyone's like, oh. And the men might be like, oh, who can find such a woman? I don't know. But (laughs) I want to let you know that it hurt my heart. I mean, to the core. Like, we make decisions together. I mean, totally. We are in agreement together. We do everything that we can to walk in unity together. And it was like, when I found that out, it was like, oh, man, right there. And so I did. I went to an older Christian lady who I, who I respect. And I said, I just need to lay this before you because I'm, I'm kind of knowing, needing to know how to handle my heart in this. And I'm doing pretty good so far, but I just need. And... First of all, when I told her, she laughed. <laughs> she said, oh, Lisa, that happens. And, you know, my husband's done that too. And you just need to forgive him. And God has, has this. God has his heart, you know, and you just need to release him in this area. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I just have to release him in this area. Now, we still needed a vehicle. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know. Oh, now we don't have a vehicle anymore. Um, and so he did. And, and of course, but, you know, I totally, when I stepped back, the Lord dealt with his heart so much better than I could have. You know, and me just offering that forgiveness and me offering that respect to him, like, honey, okay, okay. Now, the thing is with my husband, I know when, when things like that happen, he, he's a lot more eager to share it with everybody than I am. So that was my thing. He's going to go to church the next day and said, oh, guess what I did? And then, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> Could we not tell anybody for a little while, please? Let's let me let the wound heal a little bit. <laughs> which he did. Which he did. But I just want to say, even in your husband's mistakes, let the Lord handle it. And the best thing to do is to pursue him and respect him. It's to go toward him and take all of your stuff to the cross. Everything. You know, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, it just wasn't for our sins, but it was also for the punishment of our sin. So when we are sin and we mess up and we go, man, Lord, I, I messed up. He doesn't say, that's right. Let me get my bat out. Whack, you know. Of course, we treat people like that sometimes. You messed up. I'm going to punish you. But that's not God's heart. So should our heart. We need to guard our heart in that as well. And so, anyways, let him, let him be the head. Let him be the head. And trust your wife.
you know, the one thing in that situation that um, I knew she didn't respond or she wasn't perfect in her response. But what I appreciate about that whole mess, that debacle, was that she never punished me or belittled me. It's like, that was so stupid. I can't believe you did that. She didn't share any of that. And apparently because she allowed the Lord to deal with her heart, so her response to me was that of grace. And I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something to the effect of, oh, well, you know, we move on or keep living or something like that. But, I mean, you can imagine, guys, when you make a stupid $3,700 mistake, your wife has, in your mind, permission to beat you down, right? (laughs) It's okay, honey, I deserve this one. Get me. And then she throws grace at you instead. It's like, talk about feeling respected. How am I feeling respected? And the last point I want to share, I'm going to share it real quick. Uh, Brothers, accept the responsibility. Accept it as your mission to help your wife be all that she can be and help her be successful in her dreams and her calling. Just like Jesus does for you and me. Remember, we're to love her as Christ loved the church. And for whatever reason, we've, we've diminished our wives' roles, their dreams, and their calling to mean that it's all about serving the husband and the kids. Now, I believe that's a big part of it. I mean, the Bible's clear on that, uh, you know, how the wives love their husbands or kids and that kind of thing. But that's not all God created them to do. That is not their whole calling, and that is probably not all her dreams. And I believe the Lord told me and showed me that my job is to help her be successful. See, that's part of my calling, is to help her be successful. So that means resources, using resources to put in her direction or her path that she needs to do what's in her heart to do. Even if it's not your passion, if it's her passion, so be it. Amen? And I remember years ago, and also she's called to make a difference. She's called to ministry. She's called We're all called to ministry. The moment you're born again, you're called to ministry, men and women, joint heirs in Christ Jesus. And I remember one time the Lord told me, he says, I want you to lay hands on her, and I want you to call forth the gifts and the callings out of her life. And I began to lay hands on her, and I just began to declare and speak the things that God put in her, the gifts. I said, I call them an activation, and and just agreeing with what God's already done and said, I was coming into agreement with that and calling them out of her. Laying hands on her, blessing her. And not just lip service, but resources. Her dream, when I when we were engaged or before that, when we were dating or whatever you call it back then, courting or whatever, I knew her passion, one of her passions was horses. And now we all know that's her passion. Yeah, you do. It's horses. And so when I was gonna marry this lady. What God, God put in my heart, okay, this is her passion, so Lord, I accept this as my passion. And so it became my desire someday to help her to be able to walk in that, that dream, that desire. And now we got, how many, how many thousands of horses do we have? Oh, just four, four horses. No, just four. But men, I want to challenge you. Your wife's number or her whole calling isn't just about you. It's not just about you. But just like Jesus builds us up, he nourishes us, he cherishes us, he does all these things to help you be successful. That's what we're called to do, men, for our wives. Amen? 
And so you line up with Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, how do I line up with how, with you to help my wife be successful? Start with laying hands on her and praying for her, blessing her, and calling forth those gifts, coming into agreement with those gifts. And the last thing I want to share, um, this point, it was kind of point 2B. I want to share with those, when I said, when the number one things you can do, men, is to pursue your, one of the things, best things you can do for your kids is pursue your wife. I want to speak to my brothers and sisters who are divorced. One of the best things you can do for your children is to love your ex in a godly way. I'm not talking about romantically. I'm talking about in a godly way. You may consider that person your enemy. Well, Jesus tells us how we're to deal with our enemies. Bless those who despitefully usually pray for those who persecute you. You know, he says, you have heard that it was said you're to love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. And then he gives a list that we're supposed to do. So if you happen to view that person as an enemy, then guess what your assignment is? And here's what I mean by the best thing you can do for your kids. Don't give your sons or daughters any reason from you to be bitter or hate their mom and dad. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Even though you may have reason... And that person may have bad character or whatever. You don't give your sons and daughters reason to be angry or bitter towards that ex-spouse. I'm a product. My parents were divorced. They, well, they still are. They're both remarried. I grew up in a divorced home. I don't remember a lot that went on, but here's one thing I remember. I never, and the circumstances of my parents' divorce were not good. I could write a book and make a lot of money. Matter of fact, write that down so I remember that. Their circumstances were very bad. Infidelity with best friend kind of stuff, you know, soap opera kind of stuff. My mom could have painted herself as this victim. But I remember one thing from her lips. I never heard her say anything negative about my dad to me or my brother. Now, that doesn't mean she didn't to her girlfriends or whoever. But she never gave me reason to be bitter from her perspective to be bitter towards my dad. Now, I picked up my own bitternesses. I picked up my own judgments, but they were not for my mom. She would say things like, your, fa- your dad is a good father. And I'm thinking, well, why isn't he here with us then? But she never gave me reason to be bitter towards my parents. And so I charge you with the same thing. Because you share kids with, with your ex that I challenge you to love them in a godly way and don't give your kids opportunity from your perspective, from your mouth, from your attitudes to be hateful or be angry towards your ex. Let's all stand together. One last thing in closing, too, as you're standing, I'd like to say is, you know, what we're, we're talking about, you know, we're, we're really talking to, you know, the body. You have a good-willed husband. We have a good-willed wife. We are not talking about abusive situations. If you are in an abusive home, particularly women, although I do know that men get it too, but just, you know what I mean. Um, you need a, you need counsel. You need help. You need to go talk to somebody. We're not talking about abusive situations. Amen? Okay. So, yes, to reiterate, ladies, if you're in an abusive situation, need to get out of there first and then find help. And men, if you're being abusive, it needs to stop. And if you are being abusive, 
to your spouse, to your children, I pray that either you repent or the Lord deals with you severely. I hope you heard what I said. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your amazingness, and we thank you that you are so for us. And you set everything up so that we can be successful, so that we can be powerful men and women, so we can reflect you well and honor you. And Lord, we just thank you for releasing your grace on these men and women here who are married or who are divorced. Whatever the circumstances are, we thank you for your grace that you're releasing now so that we can embrace your grace and walk in a way that's worthy of the calling with which you've called us. And we thank you, Father. We put aside the excuses and we grab a hold of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.